everybody, folks, and welcome to A Green Way Forward. I'm your host, David Cobb. This is the program where we talk about issues and events, but specifically through the lens of the Green Party and our fundamental principles of peace, justice, democracy, and ecology. On this program, we call it Open Lines, which means we'll talk about anything you want to talk about. So if you're watching live on the live stream, simply type in a, in the comment uh, any topic or any question that you have. Executive producer Michael O'Neill will be diligently watching that stream and will capture any particular questions or topics that you'd like to talk about. And until those start to come in, I'll just sort of uh, make some observations uh, and share some thoughts that I have with you. The first one is to remember with a hat tip to Gil Scott Heron, who said the revolution will not be televised. I'll add, but it can be brought to you over sources of non-corporately filtered news, information, and analysis. And the Greenway Forward is just one such platform. Remember that for those of you who are watching or listening live, we thank you. You can participate immediately with the program. However, we know some of you are actually listening to this via the podcast. Uh, and I want to encourage everyone to go to the website, agreenwayforward.org, and please sign up on that platform so you can get announcements about upcoming uh, events, about upcoming guests that we'll have, uh, topics of conversation. Uh, we know that our audience is growing. Uh, it is growing in large part because ordinary people are beginning to download those podcasts, sharing across their various platforms. And so if you are, in fact, watching on Facebook uh, Live at the moment, please do make sure to share this on your own page, any other pages that you manage. You know, I want to shift directly into why I'm agreeing, because there are a lot of people that I work with day in and day out who simply do not engage in electoral politics. They say, you know, for social change to work, uh, what, like we really have to build mass movements, militant mass movements that are disruptive, that are building relationships uh, across constituencies, organizations, and issues. Fronts of struggle is another kind of language that's used. And they say movement building is where it's at. David, your, your involvement in electoral politics don't make any sense. Other folks who I work with day in and out on social change, especially on issues, are members of the Democratic Party or no party preference or independence. And they say, yes, of course, electoral politics, but the Democratic Party is where you actually have to, to be engaged. And if you're not actually in the Democratic Party, you're just sort of uh, off in the wilderness. So I want to take both of those concepts head on and share why I do believe electoral politics has absolutely got to be in the mix for social change and why I believe the Democratic Party is actually a diversion, not simply a waste of time, but literally a diversion of social change energy. Let's break them down. First of all, for those folks who say that electoral politics is for chumps, many of them will say things like, if voting could change everything, it would be illegal. Uh, and then they point to the, the fact that disruptive tactics of the sit-down strike or the lunch counter sentence or all of the other ways uh, of direct action and how powerful and effective they've been. I want to be very clear, my friends. I absolutely agree with disruptive tactics. I absolutely agree that if you were merely doing electoral politics and you're not building alternatives 
and by that I mean alternative ways of feeding ourselves, clothing ourselves, educating ourselves, providing health care, art and culture, uh, education, the whole myriad of things that we need for humanity. We absolutely have to build new institutions and new platforms and mechanisms to meet our needs outside of the electoral process. So I'll acknowledge that. However, the reality is that electoral uh, politics matters because who is elected at the local, state, or federal level have enormous impact on facilitating either a cooperative economy or a competitive economy. Uh, The ability to actually shift away from the policies of energy extraction based on fossil fuels uh, that are leading the global, causing the global warming that is the frightening reality that we're facing, that can only be done by apparatus of the state. So I don't believe it is that simply avoiding electoral politics is an effective approach. I absolutely agree that we have to do social movements and we have to engage in electoral politics. But wait, David, you say. If you're going to engage in electoral politics, do it through the Democratic Party so that you can actually uh, get away from all the structural barriers that the ruling elite have put in your place and so that you can actually replicate the successes of Ocasio-Cortez or uh, any of the other uh, progressives who are working within the Democratic Party. To which I reply, "Uh -uh -uh. I'm very sorry to share with you that the Democratic Party actually is acting as a valve, as a pressure release for social change. And I'm going to really drill in, folks. Here is why I am agreeing. Because no matter how progressive the Democrat is, they have got to basically accept the dictates of capitalism and imperialism. And I don't believe that we can get to the world that I want to live in the world that I suspect you want to live in, the world that is peaceful, just, ecologically sustainable, and actually democratic, if we are living in a society where our economic system is based on capitalism and where our foreign policy is based on imperialism. So I'm willing to debate that uh, with anybody uh, and and share why I think, uh, why I hold the beliefs that I do. And I say, I'm willing to have respectful discourse and disagreement with people. Uh, but I don't believe ultimately we can actually restructure society within the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party is actually part of the problem. The Democratic Party, especially at its leadership level, is absolutely committed to the status quo. I tell people all the time, you have to remember that the Democratic and Republican parties are called the establishment parties precisely because they exist to promote and protect the interest of the existing establishment. So if you think that things are basically okay and you think that uh, we just need to tinker at the margins or make some uh, sort of uh, reform-oriented policy changes and that everything is going to be all right, then by all means, if that's the worldview that you have uh, and you, the belief uh, that you start from, then you probably should take a look at the uh, Democratic or Republican Party and make a decision uh, and go in uh, to one of those parties. But if, like me, 
and Michael O'Neill and others, you believe that we need to restructure society, that we need new social, political, and economic systems, then I submit to you taking a look at the, uh, at the Green Party uh, actually makes a lot of sense. I am going to go to a couple of questions now. Heidi asks, calling my representatives does no good. Protesting is doing no good. What can we do? Heidi, it's a fair question. What I would tell you is this. Calling your representatives does only a teeny bit of good, but it does do something. Protesting only does a teeny bit of bit, but it does do something. So I'm, I would encourage you and everyone else to not to, to, to continue to do those things, but they're not enough. I think that 80% of my social change energy these days is working through and creating alternative institutions. Uh, at the social and economic level, it's Cooperation Humboldt. You can check us out cleverly at cooperationhumboldt.org. And uh, my apologies to executive producer Michael O'Neill, but I'll ask him at some point to put that in the comment section so people can take a look at it. But if you're listening on the podcast, uh, just go to cooperationhumboldt.org and you'll see our effort to break down uh, the different sectors of society and, and the specific projects that we're doing in order to engage and, and, and meet our needs outside of the capitalist system. In addition, I do work with the local Green Party, uh, where we are engaging in electoral politics. And I think that there is a great deal that can actually be done through elections, especially at the local level. Uh, we in the Green Party of Humboldt County have elected people uh, to office at the municipal level, at the county level, uh, community services districts, water districts, soil and conservation districts. Uh, we are part of the political discourse. We're still a minority because of this outrageous uh, voting system that we have. But because we focus so much on the local level, we are absolutely part of the equation. The other thing that we've done is to work to help to create the North Coast People's Alliance, which is a place where registered Greens, registered Democrats, no party preference, and registered socialists through Peace and Freedom Party in California can actually find ways to work together in local elections. So I guess what I would say is that we have to recognize that there is not one thing that we can do to make the change that we seek, but we've got to be willing to move across multiple fronts and multiple struggles. At the end of the day, Heidi, the most important thing that I can see is that we create new institutions and we build authentic relationships with people within our communities and we do it as greens uh, and that we're proud to be greens uh, without becoming sectarian about it. Uh, Arthur writes in to ask, I'd like to know why we haven't patently rejected the Democratic primary in light of the fact that it was U.S. citizens who defrauded democracy and not Russians. Uh, you know, it's interesting, uh, Arthur, because like clearly I'm with you on that. I've quit the Democratic Party back in, in uh, 1990, uh, 1996 uh, out of absolute disgust with uh, Bill Clinton and the direction of the of the neoliberal project known as the Democratic uh, Leadership Council. Uh, and so more and more people are, in fact, rejecting the Democratic uh, Party uh, and joining either the Green Party or no party preference. One of the things that I try to do is to be patient with folks as they go through whatever process they need to go through. I'll tell you this. 
I think the Green Party is going to grow from two basic places. One place is from people who currently participate at some level with the Democratic Party. And their trajectory is going to go like this, being a member of the Democratic Party, to being an uneasy member of the Democratic Party, to being a disgruntled member of the Democratic Party, to being a disgusted member of the Democratic Party, to being a former member of the Democratic Party, and helping people along the way come to terms with the reality of how the Democratic Party leadership operates and doing it both patiently and kindly and honestly, that's a trick. And too many Greens and, frankly, too many socialists and others just yell and scream about how horrible the Democrats are. And therefore, if you're a Democrat, you're horrible, too, or you're stupid for not seeing uh, things the way that Greens see it. I just don't think that's an effective organizing strategy. You know, Arthur, I've often said that if yelling at somebody uh, was an effective organizing strategy, that would be great because I'd love to do it. It's actually my first instinct whenever somebody is actually disagreeing with me. But I've just learned through experience that that doesn't help. That doesn't advance the conversation or the discourse. In fact, I know this. As soon as I begin yelling at anybody, I am no longer communicating. I might be venting to make myself feel better or to keep myself from going crazy, but I have to admit I'm no longer actually communicating. So, uh, and I do agree with you that uh, the Democratic National Committee clearly defrauded uh, democracy and their own voters. The the DNC fraud lawsuits uh, uh, was proof of that. Uh, thank the goddess for WikiLeaks uh, for showing us exactly what the Democratic uh, National Committee uh, and those members were willing to do to defraud uh, democracy. And I'm completely with you. I also want to just take a quick note to say that there is some excitement about Jesse Ventura coming to the annual national meeting on the comments. And I will say, you may know something I don't know. And I'll invite Michael O'Neill, executive producer, if he knows anything to sort of chime in. But I have to admit, I actually don't know uh, if Jesse Ventura is coming. I think it would be fantastic if he comes. I would love to have conversation and dialogue with him. Uh, I can tell you that uh, Chase Iron Eyes, the, the, uh, lawyer and Sue, uh, member of the Sue Standing Rock community is coming. Uh, I think Jimmy Dore has been invited. I don't know if he's going to be able to come. Jill Stein will be there. I'll be there. Uh, there'll be many people there and I certainly would welcome, uh, Jesse Ventura coming. I think it would be great. And according to the comments, we're being told that, uh, Jesse Ventura did say that he was coming on Jimmy Dore's show which is great. And I would uh, encourage any of you who support, because I have heard that there is a growing uh, sentiment of some people uh, to have uh, Jesse Ventura seek the Green Party's nomination. If you are in that category, I would encourage you to contact Jesse Ventura and his people and say, please work with the Green Party National Committee, work with the Green Party Steering Committee, work with the Green Party Presidential Support Committee, and learn about our process. Because there is, in fact, a fairly complicated process that is imposed on us by the Federal Election Commission and by 50 different state election codes about how to proceed. And as the person who managed Jill Stein's campaign in 2016 and ran for president myself on the Green Party ticket in 2004, let me promise you, it is a Byzantine process. And uh, any individual uh, can begin the process of seeking the Green Party's nomination. We don't Nobody anoints it, but you have to go through a process 
at the local and state level that culminates in that presidential nominating convention. So I'll just say I personally would be very excited if Jesse Ventura were to come to the Green Party's annual national uh, meeting. Uh, that's this upcoming weekend in Salt Lake City. Go to the website gp.org. Click on that first link and you can find information about it. Uh, and we'll drop into the comments uh, section as well an invitation for how you can come and see uh, uh, hopefully Jesse Ventura, but also uh, Chase Iron Eyes, uh, Jill Stein, David Cobb, and a host of other folks, and some really pretty amazing organizing workshops and skill building sets as well as conversation about updates from the recount, as well as conversations debriefing the last presidential convention and planning ahead to the presidential campaign of 2020. So I think this is fantastic. I also want to turn now to, uh, or before we do, remind you that if you are watching this program live, I welcome you, continue to write in comments and questions, and would ask you to please share this on your own Facebook personal page or pages that you manage so that we can continue to build this audience. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you for that. And send the send the link. Everybody should send the link a greenwayforward.org to family and friends. Use Carrier Pigeon, use iTunes, use every single way that we can to build out our ability to have conversations with each other without the filter of the corporate media telling us what we're supposed to think about. Uh, I want to now turn to Brian, who says, I think we need citizens to hold our own convention and see what we can do to overhaul the entire system. Declare the current one corrupt, null, and void. Charge them all with treason and lock them up. And lock up those who support them, including the ones who want our world to go down in flames. I got to tell you, Brian, like at one level, I'm like, I'm down with that, but I don't know what that actually looks like. If you begin the process of actually successfully organizing something like that, I would honestly take a look at it. I can tell you as somebody who has organized a lot of protests, a lot of demonstrations, uh, a lot of conventions, a lot of gatherings, uh, that my enthusiasm for big national gatherings personally is waning. I spend a lot more time trying to organize what are called people's movement assemblies in my local community. I put together a candidate forum in our last local election where we had the Green Party, Cooperation Humboldt, the Central Labor Council, uh, the uh, Physicians for a National Health Plan, uh, Affordable Housing Group, True North, uh, Centro de Pueblo, uh, NAACP. Uh, in other words, a host of social change groups actually came, came together to host a candidate forum and Candidates who normally ignore those individual organizations because there were 10 organizations at the labor temple, they felt obliged to come. Oh, and by the way, uh, the incumbent member of the County Board of Supervisors who declined to, come, declined to come, he lost the election. And I'm not saying that that candidate forum was the reason, but I'll tell you, he lost the election by 132 votes. So I would not suspect that uh, the, his refusal to participate and the fact that we put an empty chair at that table uh, and announced at the beginning and end his re and read his refusal to participate is responsible for part of uh, his loss as well. So 
What I would say is, Brian, again, I'm not trying to throw water on your idea. If you believe like holding our quote own convention is inspiring to you and you want to like move that forward, then I would be taking a look to see because I tend to go anywhere I actually see that there's actual movement. I'm going to the Green Party convention though because there are about a million people who were either registered and otherwise members of the Green Party uh, across this country. We are the largest left electoral formation in this country by far. And I want you to put that million members uh, and participants and uh, uh, people who are associated with the Green Party into comparison with the 60,000 people at Democratic Socialists of America. I'm personally very glad to see that the DSA or Democratic Socialists of America are growing, but all of the ink that's being spilled and all of the media that they are getting in progressive left circles should actually be uh, filtered through the fact that they went from about 5,000 to 60,000. Those are, that's a huge increase. There's no doubt about it, but it's still just 60,000 compare 60,000 to a million. And again, The reality is that there is a roiling debate within progressive circles about how to engage the Democratic Party. I personally have given up on the Democratic Party. I think that they are actually part of the problem. And I think the leadership of the Democratic Party will always ultimately undermine and defraud uh, the people and will side with corporate interests every time. And I think it is a tactical mistake uh, to work within the Democratic Party. Having said that, I'm trying to win people who consider themselves currently Democrats into the Green Party, trying to win them over. And so I'm actually trying to be patient with them. I'm also trying to get people who are currently either self-identifying or thinking that they identify with the Democratic Party to still vote for Green Party candidates at the local, state, and even federal level. So for me, you know, I'm going to the Green Party convention because that's the institution I am trying to build. And I have invested uh, and, and do invest quite a bit of psychic energy on that project and would invite you to do the same. Having said that, if you want to try to, to convene a group of people who are just sort of saying we reject all of the whole damn thing, then, you know, it would be interesting for me to see that if that experiment uh, were to bear fruit. Um, I want to turn now to Tim, who says, we really need to focus on local elections everywhere in conjunction with Bernie Kratz. I'll tell you, Tim, I think you're right about that. You know, the, the reality is that in Humboldt County, we do something very uh, interesting and controversial in some circles, which is to say, the Green Party of Humboldt County, we absolutely positively refuse to endorse any member of a corporate party or a party that takes corporate money. That means we will not endorse in partisan races, either Democrats or Republicans. We will, in fact, uh, endorse uh, peace and freedom or socialist or no party preference folks. Uh, we endorsed, for example, uh, uh, a couple of peace and freedom uh, partisan races because we didn't have Greens running in them. The thing that's really important is we are also willing, though, at, at in local nonpartisan races to endorse people who are uh, – either registered Democrat or no party preference as well. Now that means that they, they may be members of the democratic party, but the ballot, no D or G shows up on their name. Now there are some people who think that that's a sellout, but this is the only way we've been able to actually work uh, 
in local elections in conjunction with Bernie Kratz. And because of that, we're getting local labor and local organizations that typically did not work with us to actually begin to work with us. And I think that we are going to elect the first green to the Eureka City Council that we've ever elected before, which is a big deal because this is the county seat. It's the most populous city in the entire county. We've elected people at Humboldt, at Arcata, which is home of Humboldt State University, you know, the very lefty progressive place. We've never elected somebody to Eureka City Council. Uh, I think in this November election, that's going to happen. And it's because we're focusing on local elections, working with the North Coast People's Alliance and the Central Labor Council and a host of other uh, uh, local progressive organizations uh, and and because we have been willing to be ecumenical uh, and endorse uh, progressives, even if they're members of the Democratic Party, if they're running in nonpartisan races. So uh, we've got time for one more quick question and comment. Uh, Sarah writes in to ask, hey, can we talk about what is going on in Palestine? Just ordered more sanctions and Israel is going to full scale ground assault war in Gaza. They will need need no one alive. So, Sarah, I, I did not know about this, and, and I apologize uh, for my own ignorance. I actually had not heard uh, about uh, the the, uh, the more sanctions uh, and the full-scale ground assault war that you're talking about. I do know this. The Green Party's platform position on uh, liberation in Palestine is one that I am proud of. We also support uh, Boycott the Vest uh, uh, against Israel. Uh, I believe, actually, uh, in the Green Party's position uh, and support uh, the Israeli citizens who are also working as refusemics uh, and are actually uh, very committed uh, to a peaceful and just uh, solution. I make a big difference between the Israeli government and the Israeli defense forces and Israeli citizens because there are many Israeli citizens and Jews in Israel who also share my commitment uh, to liberation for Palestine and justice uh, for the Palestinian people. So uh, I think that probably Michael O'Neill, executive producer, we should probably do a show uh, and really go deep uh, on uh, uh, Palestine. Uh, so thank you, Sarah, for writing in on that. And with that, I just have to say that 30 minutes has absolutely flown by. I want to thank executive producer Michael O'Neill for the work he does on this program day every week as an unpaid volunteer. Thank you, Michael. I want to thank you, the viewer, listener, uh, for participating, especially those of you who wrote into comments. Uh, if I did not get to your comment uh, live, both Michael and or myself will go through the comment section and try to at least uh, address uh, uh, on the comment section anything that came out. And lastly, I want to remind you that we are growing the movement because ordinary people are talking to each other. Ordinary people are beginning the process uh, of building a, uh, a movement and building a, a, an audience for one another. I want to thank you again for joining us. Keep on keeping on. Don't stop. Can't stop. Peace. A Green Way Forward is produced by David Cobb and Michael O'Neill. Go to agreenwayforward.org for links to our podcast feed and iTunes subscription, plus more ways to listen. Our live stream is graciously hosted by the official Dr. Jill Stein Facebook page on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 
The music for this episode is Keep Sit Real by Player Two, available under a Creative Commons license from the Free Music Archive. <laughs>